Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee, Scotland, and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. Our goal here is growing people to bring Christ into our communities and to see you get connected with God, His people, and His purpose. We hope this message inspires you in your faith journey. Thank you. Well, good morning, church. We are so glad that you're with us right now. And we have actually got with us, Gordon and I would like to interview two of our precious members of our church. You know them well. They are, you have seen them on the stage often. They are um, two people who have led us into the presence of God so much in our, in our church. And I know as pastors, we are so grateful that for all that they have poured into our church. So this morning, I would like to introduce to you Malawa, who has got to be one of the greatest and loudest voices I hear on a Sunday, supporting me when I'm up there talking. Between Gordon and Malawa, I always hear Malawa's voice supporting me. We always hear uh, Teresa. When Teresa's been leading us into worship, you know that that girl can lead us into the anointing and the fire comes out from heaven whenever she leads us. Well, this morning, I want us as a church because Mo has always been one of the greatest and loudest voices I hear on a Sunday supporting me. I want to be one of the greatest and loudest voices supporting Mo and, and Teresa and for all of the black community, for all the pain that has been recently highlighted in, in the social media. We this morning would like to just talk about it and hear mm. from Teresa and Mo. Yeah, we've been, we were absolutely gutted when we watched that video of uh, George Floyd. I, I honestly, I struggled to process, like, what is going on here? How on earth could a police officer do this to uh, a black man on the streets of America? We were just mm. shocked and absolutely mm. stunned. But mm. one of the things that's really highlighted during this time is that in the conversations, in the narratives, we've seen interviews with T.D. Jakes, where he's expressed how black people feel with, with the undercurrents of what's going on with uh, white privilege and how people are excluded. I, I, didn't, I didn't quite understand all the feelings that people were going through uh, in this time and season, but just in life in general. And uh, we absolutely hate raci- racism. Uh, yeah. We want to see it stamped out. Come on. One of my, one of my friends from uh, 30 years ago, a guy, Julio Meki, is one of my first black friends uh, from 30 years ago. And he was one of the first black guys in Dundee. He and I used to walk up and down the street and I, I thought people were staring because they thought I was so good looking. But they were actually staring because they hadn't seen a black guy before. Mm. And uh, it was wonderful building a friendship uh, with Julio. Uh, but to understand and get insights into how people feel. So we'd like to ask you a number of questions mm. this morning. Mm. Is, um, you know, how do you feel in this season? Just tell us what you think, how you feel with all this mm. going on and what you've experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Teresa, you want to go first, yeah? Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, we, as a black person, we know that racism still exists. Um, I think it's reflected, like, for instance, or something I post on social media, the fact that when I, if I want to travel to another country, I probably have to Google how the racism is like in that country before I could even go there. It's like, this is 2020, and we know that racism still exists, and it's a disgusting thing. And the fact that we see in the streets of America a police officer who, as you said, is meant to protect the community, who's meant to serve the community, would yeah. actually think that it's justified that in order to restrain someone, 
who supposedly may have accidentally, he probably accidentally gave them like a forced $20 note. For $20, you have stepped on someone's neck like they're worse than an animal. And that is absolutely disgusting. Mm. We also mm. hear about someone actually just being shot in broad daylight because they, they because some people think that he's this, this, this robber or something like that. I mean, even that, the guy was unarmed, just mm. purposely jogging. And it's so sad that, that I think in terms of the church, it's so sad that it's taken the brutal murders of two black people across the pond for us to waken up to the fact that racism still pervades, um, racism still exists. And in Britain, I know like in, we, well in Britain, there are crimes that happen like that, but it, although it may not be like overt, like someone's always, someone may just punt or take something to like hit a black person over the head. There's also like things that we call systemic racism. That's, yeah. as you said, ingrained into society that we don't realize. So anyway, I'm, I've, I've got the floor, so I might as well start talking. Like, so for instance, how do we perceive Africa? That kind of thing. So, um, so a lot of times, at least when I was growing up, the only images that we would get of black people would be like, I don't know, black, some, a black, black on black crime or um, a, pers- a, a child somewhere um, impoverished with kwashiorkor, so a big belly. That's, that was the only images that we would kind of get of black people. So automatically, as British people, you have the perception that Africans are underneath us and the media is propagating that. So then we have this thing that, okay, as British people, we need to go and help people. But then Africa has a wealth of resources. We have wisdom, um, a richness in culture. So Africa is not just like this one continent where everyone's like the, the same, I don't speak African kind of thing, but there's like multiple, there's different countries. And there's, there's just, just a richness, but it's like our perceptions of black people, our perceptions of Africa, our perceptions of the Caribbean, all these kind of things. We don't realize that um, it's ingrained in sort of white supremacy, that white people are superior than black people and all that mm. kind of stuff. So I think I've started, I've, I've gone into it now. Well, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> but I think it's, it's more of a thing that we kind of have to sit down and reflect and think, okay, how have my perceptions of the world been influenced by the culture rather than being, in, or being influenced by the media or being influenced by what I've been taught, rather than being influenced by the Holy Spirit, mm. who, who teaches us that all cultures um, are valued in his sight. That's why the, Jesus won't come until the nation, as, until the gospel has been preached to all nations. Nation. That's how important all nations are to us. So it's, it's just one of those things that we have to start to realize that there are some things that I've been taught that it's, it's terrible. And mm. it, doesn't, it doesn't help people. It's propagating racism. I may not hit someone over the head, as I said, because they're a different race to me, but like with these things I've taught and this mindset I've had, it's also perpetrating racism. So mm. yeah, I, of course I'm angry about it, but I have, I have a lot to say, so I'll just pass yeah. it. Yeah, it's been, yeah, uh, as a black believer, as a black man, the last few months have been really, really difficult. Uh, and uh, I mean, the Arnold Abbey one uh, death really hit me hard. Um, mm. I think he was murdered on the 23rd of February. Mm. No one really found out about it. The video's only released on the 5th of May. So that's about six weeks, those two men who, who shot uh, a black man running. And I can really identify with that because I'm, I'm somebody who goes out running most weekdays. Um, and just the thought of, Somebody minding their own business on a run, getting shot in the back with a shotgun. He's tri- minding his own business, trying to get out of the way of the car. Um, it, it was just, it was, it was horrific. So I was actually even, 
still uh, recovering from that. Uh, and there was a, a, another black girl uh, shot in our house by police, Brianna mm-hmm. Taylor. Yeah, um, amazing woman. Uh, she worked, I think, was uh, um, ambulance services or something like that. She was training towards mm-hmm. it in America. Um, but totally nothing to do with whatever was going on. And then this George Floyd thing happened, and um, and yeah, uh, the yeah, I, just no words, no words. Uh, it's it, the pain was, it was, it was a lot, and um, but but yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, it's hard for me to speak even now. Um, yeah, I couldn't. I've I've not watched. I wasn't able to watch the whole thing. Um, the first few minutes were enough um, to see. I mean, the other police officers just standing there as if it's just another day at the office. Um, even the bystanders um, telling the police officer to get off him. Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah, it just brought back memories of. Uh, Thankfully, I've never had a police officer step on my neck and things like that. But just memories of of where, when I was young, people were racist to me uh, overtly in the streets and things like that. And you just you just try to ignore it and things like that. But yeah. uh, for it to still be happening in 2020, um, that was difficult. And and then also the difficult thing over the years has been the the quietness. Uh, of of uh, of other believers and I really believers is who I want to talk to here um, other yes. white believers um, I read a book recently massive book but one of my heroes a guy called Frederick Douglass probably one of the most important uh, Americans who's ever lived he was a slave who was a runaway slave in the 1800s uh, he eventually educated himself uh, became a powerful orator uh, speaker on the newspaper, traveled the world. Um, the book is called Prophet of Freedom, incredible book. Um, but one of the main reasons I read it was like, what was going on in the church all, during all this time, you know? Um, but now the Holy Spirit is asking us now today, what's going on in, in the church today? What, what is our responses to injustice and racism? Um, so yeah, that's, sorry, that's uh, my, my thoughts there and just how okay. I'm feeling as well, yeah. Yeah. If, if I can ask you uh, a question, um, ask you both a question, in that we talk, we have this uh, term, it's called white privilege. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm, I'm a white man, mm-hmm. so I probably don't know I've got white privilege because it's a mm-hmm. subconscious thing. Mm-hmm. And it's where we are entitled to things that we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And I'd like you to address that this morning because mm-hmm. I think as a church, as as um, we're called Gate Church International, and we love every nation that comes to our church. But I'd like you to address if you see anything where there's like a, a white privilege. Yeah, white, yeah, it's called white privilege. Mm-hmm. So white, white supremacy is the um, like Ku Klux Klan and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and if we're white privilege is like an underlying subconscious thing where we've got access to things that other people don't. And I think it's important that we address that, yes, in the church, but also in our culture as well. So I want to give you freedom to address that this morning. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, so white privilege is 
the fact that, like, as I said, when I'm going to holiday, I have to, if I after, if I'm going to another country, I have to check what the racism is like in that country. Even things like as simple as my hair. Like if I'm going to a job interview, I may have to change my hairstyle in order to accommodate for other person so they don't think that I'm some sort of, um, I don't know what they'll think of me. Like for instance, mm. the Afro has been such a political thing, but my hair naturally grows as an Afro. And I remember there was a point that if you Googled professional hairstyles, you'd only see picture of white women with long straight hair or like European hair. But then if you Google unprofessional hairstyles or literally just be black women with hair, their natural states, and that's, that's a form of white privilege, the fact that your hair may be seen as a bit more professional than mine in its natural state, but my hair, my natural state is seen as unprofessional. Another thing is that I was, as a PhD student, I was the only black PhD student there. And you have to ask yourself, is this because black people are less intelligent? Of course not. So what are the issues or what are mm. the, the, the obstacles that have been put into place to prevent us from being able to do things like PhDs, from being able to um, to ascend in higher education, all mm. those kind of things. And I remember there was a time that I tried to advocate for that. But of course, me being the only black PhD student, I'm not gonna then try and fight this cause by myself and have no one support me. So um, I think I think white privilege can be seen in, in many different aspects. And of course, as you said, it's, it's um, it's, it's something that you don't realize, but I think it's so important that we realize the, the I think it's so important that we sit down and just realize how easy our life sometimes is. Because sometimes you don't realize the struggle of another person until you either hear them talk about that struggle or you realize that, oh, this person has it harder than me. Like even if you look around your workplace, how many black people are there? How many ethnic minorities are there? Think about the possible reasons why this could be. And that kind of thing. Like, I think sometimes it's so important that we put ourselves in other people's shoes and just look beyond um, our world into the world of another person. And and yeah, I think well, I'll leave that there. I'll, I'll give yeah. the next time. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, white privilege. Um, it's not a, a political thing or um, a thing to make uh, white people feel guilty and thing. It's just a just reality. Uh, of when you look around the world, uh, there's a lot more representation uh, of of white people, um, and also like what you're saying, it's it's like a subconscious thing. Um, and actually, privilege can be seen in all types of societies and in, in all colors. Uh, it's just really where where uh, things are fixed in your favor. Um, so when black people bring up white privilege. Uh, it's not to say people who are white haven't suffered or, or uh, that you're all uh, born with a golden spoon and things are all been great and rosy for you. That's not what it's about. It's just saying, just take a moment, like Teresa was saying, take a moment, sit down and just see where have I been? Things have been fixed where it's much easier for me um, yeah. in life, whether it's education, whether it's um, opportunities, um, just loads of things. That's really where white privilege is. And my heart really is, uh, is for people to Christians to, to just take a moment and reflect um, on that, uh, on, on where that are and just see where, where is it where I've, I've been in, in a place of privilege. And, uh, and I was actually reminded of, uh, I was reading uh, Proverbs 31, King Lemuel's mother uh, speaking to him before he comes king. Um, and she says, you know, you're going to become king. 
these are some mm. things to do and to look forward to. In your place of privilege, I'll just read the verse. I'll read the yeah. verse, Proverbs 31. Um, let it turn up on my Bible. Well, Proverbs 31, 8 to 9. This is uh, King Lemuel's mother speaking to him. Um, you know, in your, in your place of privilege, you're to speak up on behalf of the disenfranchised. Plead for the legal rights of the defenseless and those who are dying. Judging on behalf of the poor and interceding for those most in need. Uh, and for any of us in any positions of privilege, um, that, that is what God's heart is for us, to speak up yes. on behalf of those. And, yes. um, so it's not a thing to be defensive about or anything like that. It's just a thing to just reflect, where do I have privilege and how do I then use that privilege? Um, yeah. And there's many examples in the Bible when people use a privilege for, for good to turn things around. So, yeah. That's a great point. Can I just, am I allowed to put in here? Yeah, because Julia talked about that. Well, this is what's incredible. I have in my notes right in front of me, Proverbs 31, 8 to 9. And I took it from the Young's literal translation because at the end of that, it says, for the right of all sons of change. Mm. And I believe that you, Teresa, Mo, as well as Gordon and I and our church, we can all be sons of change. We can bring about some uh, change in our our environment, in in our culture. Why? Because God has called us to be sons of change. Mm-hmm. Okay, on that point then, for being sons of change, how can we join the fight? Come on. Mm. Well, I think the first thing is prayer. Prayer Amen. is the master key. That's the first thing. I think this thing has highlighted to us that as a church, we need to really get down on our knees and pray and seek the face of God because yeah. the core of this issue is sin. The core of this issue is hatred. Mm-hmm. People have allowed themselves to, to 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 let the devil use them in such a horrible and heinous manner. So what yeah. we have to do first of all is plead the blood of Jesus because mm. the blood of Jesus is crying out for mercy and forgiveness. Mm. When people have murdered, we've read in Genesis that the blood of Abel was crying out for vengeance. Mm. So what do we have to do if we want to silence that cry of vengeance? We have to plead the blood of Jesus. So first mm. and foremost, we have to pray. Then remember that faith of our action is dead. So now we have to start putting things into practice. The smaller things I can do, first of all, I sit down and reflect. Holy Spirit, speak to me. There's no one that can ascend the hill of the Lord unless you have clean hands and a pure heart. Lord mm-hmm. God, search me. Is there anything that I need to be purified of? Is mm-hmm. there anything that I need to, my, my hands need to be washed off? Lord, change me, renew me, change my mindset. Show me mm-hmm. the things that I need to read in the scripture in order for my mindset to change. Because it's only when your mind is changed that you evoke a different action. So now we've sat down, we've prayed, mm-hmm. we've asked the Holy Spirit to change us. Then we start to take action. When I go to work, if I hear anyone saying racist things, what do I do? I use the voice. And it's important that we're not fearful in this. Like for Come this, on. for me, it's just really released me from that spirit of fear about speaking about things because I have nothing to lose. People are dying. Yeah. And if the, yeah. if the church doesn't rise up, people are going to continue to die. Like look at coronavirus. We saw it happening in China. But a lot of us, I must admit, me too, I didn't pray about that. And look at the effect that it's had in the world. So it's important that we speak. Um, If people are saying racist things, we confront them about it. It's not the Mm -hmm. time to be silent. Mm -hmm. Um, There are also other things in terms of activism as well. You can sign the petition. So for instance, a a petition for George Floyd and change.org. So Mm -hmm. those um, police officers are met with the right justice that they are are prosecuted the way they should be prosecuted. Um, There's also literature you can read. There's a lot of non-Christian literature to do with race. 
understand the history of racism in Britain, um, understand the history of racism in America. I think Mo will also recommend you another book. Um, but first and foremost, if you're not going to do anything, at least pray. Mm -hmm. yes. Good. So that's it. On that yeah. point, can we pray? Because time's gone away with us more at least can we put that into the chat please yeah. put all your books into the chat because we need to yeah. know that as a church can we absolutely pray? yeah just before we pray one of the <laughs> things i watched td jake's interview and he said often people uh black people in churches they can feel like they're gifting celebrated yeah but they're not invited to somebody else's mm. dinner table mm. and i was that here this morning that all of us need to be inviters of people from different nations have people in our homes. I know that we've got social distancing on just now and we can only have one family around, but let's let's mix, let's invite, let's mm. have from different nations, different skin colours, so we can enjoy, get to know people. And it's so important that we do that in this time. And that is a key to the fight. So we have mm. friends of different races, different nations. Mm. Fiona, let's pray. No, I don't <laughs> Teresa, 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 to Teresa pray. you're the powerhouse lady. Go for it. Uh, sorry, just before you start praying, Teresa, just another another thing, quick thing to, to just say is uh, the whole thing of when people say, oh, I don't see color, um, that's, that's not on uh, anymore. You know, the Lord sees color. He made us all different colors. So um, we're not called to be colorblind. The Lord has made fabulous colors of people in the world. And um, so we're let's look at what's going on with open eyes and open hearts yeah. uh, and don't bury your head in the sand, but join yeah. in and, and all the things that are going on, educate yourself. Uh, there's so many resources there online. As uh, a friend of mine said very recently, Google is free. So, um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, Teresa, you can lead us in prayer. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for creating us in diverse manners we thank you for the range of skin tones though we thank you that every cultural expression of worship to you is acceptable in your sight we thank you that you love all of us we thank you that in revelations you told us that there are people of all nations tribes and tongues we thank you that you love the diversity in your body and we thank you lord that you taught us in your word that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand lord so we pray lord that we maintain peace lord and then we also become more unified lord there is this unity that uniformity does not mean um, unity does not necessarily mean uniformity. And we thank you mm. for that, God. And we pray, Lord, that, that if there's anything unclean in us, if there's if there's um, racial biases, if there's um, things that have been ingrained in us that we haven't realized that we have, Lord, or, or things that are causing sin in our lives that we may hit our brother or even unconsciously, subconsciously hit our brother. We pray, Lord, that you remove that, Father, and that we just um, allow your Holy Spirit to work within us. We mm. pray that we become a church that prays or we become a church that is at the forefront of, mm. of crying out for justice, Father God. Yes, and we just Jesus. pray, Lord, that you use us in a mighty and a powerful way, that we will no longer be under fear, Lord, to speak out for fear of losing our jobs, Father. But mm. we really, we'll be willing to risk it all for the Come sake on. of your kingdom, Lord, mm. and for the sake of the propagation of the gospel, Lord. Mm. We pray, Lord, that your church will be at the forefront, Lord, and see people even drawn to the church as they see us uphold righteousness, mm. uphold justice. We pray, Lord, that you break our heart for the things that break yours, Lord yes, God. Jesus. And we know that it's a dangerous prayer, Father God, but it's necessary. Mm. We thank you, Lord, that truly a change will happen Come as on. we fast and pray mm. and see your face, Father God. 
We mm. thank you for your love for us, Lord. Even pray for those that are crying out, Lord, the families of those who have been brutally mm. murdered, Lord, mm. for your comfort, Lord. We pray for your protection, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing and what you're yet to do, Lord. We glory, Lord, yeah. we love you. Mm. Lord, we Hallelujah. love you. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, we we'll love you guys. Yeah, we we'll love you guys. So appreciate appreciate doing, you guys. doing this interview. It's so phenomenal, so relevant, <laughs> so calm. But let's let's keep this dialogue going on. And yeah. church, I, I uh, plead with you. Let's let's keep praying into this, as Teresa said earlier. It starts with prayer. So let's keep praying into this, and uh, let's see this eradicate from our lives. And we have on other people in our nation and our land and the nations of the earth. In Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. 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 Amen.